You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. I think I've mentioned this on at least one of the 1,000 episodes we've done together, but... (laughs) And we have, because we talk movies a lot, you and I. Yeah. Uh, And I think... Although you look at them more as a piece of art than I do, you mm. can. You're one of the few guys that can just agree with me. Where I've had some nerdy ass friends that just won't fucking agree with me, and so like when you're looking at which is cool now, Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Disney, they're all making their own original content, mm-hmm. um, which is more easily available. Where like growing up, there would be a Disney movie every three years, mm-hmm. and it was amazing, right? You're going from Lion King to freaking whatever, right? You're coming Aladdin, you're coming out with these epic movies that are. Uh, you know, never, never will be redone. Mm-hmm. Um, to now, they're coming out with more content or, or Netflix um, more often, and it's still really good. Especially right. now, they're putting a lot more actual money and effort. Bunch of shits coming out recently, but where I was going was, I can, I can differentiate. Um, was this relaxing and gave me an hour and a half of entertainment? Mm-hmm. And was this a really good movie? Mm-hmm. Was this entertaining? Was this worth my ten dollars popcorn? And I love going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Or was this a really good movie? Right. Um, and to me, there's very few movies I consider like a really, really good movie. Um, where all my friends were just like, "Oh, what a waste of ten dollars!" Or I'm not even going to go see that. Or if it's free, or I'm like, all right, man. Like I mm-hmm. like I like movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like I. I I think some of those people go so beyond, and it's probably the same with art, uh, or 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 comedy, mm-hmm. or podcasts, or TV, or whatever. Like, if you actually like something, I feel like you would like a broader spectrum of it, right? Like, I like food. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say no. Like, Jim's like, go to Chinese. Like, yep, I'm there. He, yeah. Jim says, let's go to Italian. Yep, yep, I'm there. I yeah. like food. Yeah, me too. So yes. I like fucking McDonald's. Yeah. Do I think McDonald's? I love chicken fucking nuggets. Are chicken nuggets the best meal ever? Am I ever going to say, like, chicken nuggets are so good? No, but yeah. I like a goddamn chicken nugget. It's much different than you and I going to a, a nice steakhouse. And that's right. how I feel about movies is I like movies. I like to sit down. I like to watch movies. Mm-hmm. I like popcorn. I like the seats. Mm-hmm. I even like it in my own house. I like the environment. So I like a broader spectrum. I like really high-quality with a good story, good undertones, good character building. Mm-hmm. I like all that. But I also like some just shoot 'em up shit where there's blood on my screen for an hour and I'm just, you know, kind of zoned out. Mm-hmm. Now, people are way picky with their shit, but there's a bunch of really good things coming. I know there's a lot of anti hero movie people now because there are a lot of them. There are a lot of hero movies right now. Absolutely. Yeah, and everyone's against them. Yeah. I'm fucking for them. I like all, like I even like the shitty one with Ryan Reynolds, uh fucking uh Green Lantern. Green Lantern. It Is wasn't it- it wasn't terrible. No, and it's an hour and a half of my life that yeah, I yeah. enjoyed, you know? Yeah. Fuck it. But the uh, big one, Stranger Things is coming, right? Yeah, new Stranger Things. I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. Loved it. Yeah, me too. Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Is it like uh, a week from Sunday? Very soon. Well, uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows when this yeah. is going to be released but in time, Mid-April. But yeah, <laughs> mid-April. What's Stranger Things, May? Maybe not? Um, no, j- 4th of July. Oh, wow. Okay, so we still got a little ways. Uh, Endgame, Endgame, Avengers, Game. which I'm really actually excited about. I don't know why. I didn't even... L- I, looking back, hindsight, I didn't love the Avengers movie. I thought it was good. But I was so excited to go to it. I went by myself uh, on a uh, Monday afternoon, and I had, like, a really good time. I had more a good time than I liked the movie. 
Oh, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, like I was excited. I think it was opening weekend, and I knew it was going to be empty on a Monday because uh, it was still during yeah. school. And I was like, yeah. I was just excited. And there's very few movies like I actually get excited. They're very shit, man. I'm getting old. I very few things I get excited about. And so, like, I was super excited for all the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited about this new one just because I, I love all the characters. I fucking love Iron Man. I, I, I hope, yeah, three and three hours of me and some popcorn. Like, I'm excited. My, I like the first Avengers movie. The second one was. T- Terrible. This uh, last one? No, the the um no, the one where they the giant like city is rising. The one with uh, I think that's uh, Ultron. Tec- Ultron. I think that's technically the first one. Really? I think so. Because no, it, I think the first one was just called the Avengers. Oh, maybe you're right. So this is technically the, the fourth then. This is the fourth one. Yeah, I don't know. I Civil War was fine, but that was no. That, so I like Civil War a lot. But is but that the Avengers? No, or Captain I don't America. Think, I think it's Captain America, Captain but America. a bunch of Avengers. Like they kind of starts that. Yeah. But I like that one a lot. I thought Civil War. What's the other one? Winter Soldier. Winter thought, Soldier is the one of the best. I think it's probably the, the best one. It, I think it's the best. Of the whole That's one. really good. Uh, Iron Man's. I love those, even though they're a little joking, like a little more humorous. Yeah. The first Iron Man is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good. Black Panther, I think was I liked a lot, but I thought it was a little overrated. And I get it; uh, uh, it was just a little overrated to me, but it was really good. I I liked it a lot. I could see, I could see that it was a really good vehicle. Yeah, it was yeah, a really, right. really good vehicle. And, um, and it was good time, uh, and the acting was really good, and the story was really good because I didn't know much about Black yeah. Panther, so that was kind of exciting. I thought some of the Thors are actually overrated. I liked them, but everyone said like Ragnarok was the best. Yeah, I liked like them all. Head and shoulders. Or, or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two, I thought was not that good, but the first one I thought was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two was a little bit of a remake of the first one. Yeah, they just didn't put much Except thought into with it. His dad, that was who know. I didn't like. No, I thought that was a really annoying character because. Um, yeah, because Peter Peter Quill can be and Peter Quill was the was was the reason why everything got so fucked up in the uh, the last Avengers movie. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. He couldn't, you know. Yeah, hold his own. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, and but I heard that's the truth in the comic. I'm not a big comic guy, just yeah. movies and cartoons. But I heard the Guardians of the Galaxy are like number one in the comic. In the uh, like, they're the main in the battle against Thanos. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, that's what I, I don't heard. know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know have either. I don't have as much of a background with Marvel. I'm more of a DC guy. So, yeah, I don't which know. Which is why, which is why we're sitting in this, in the newly read sort of decorated studio that with uh, see a huge Superman poster like to my right. We got uh, Batman and Superman figurines. We have my old um, Superman that's been with us for a number of years. I got. Uh, uh, oh yeah. I just saw. I've got uh, Starship Enterprise from the from the TV series. I got uh, the Bullet Mustang from the movie Bullet. Never seen it. Never seen it. Steve McQueen. I don't think so. I'm not going to tell you this is the greatest movie ever. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that it has one of the greatest chase scenes That's fair. of all time. And yeah, it's set yeah. in San Francisco. And there's movies so. that are like iconic to you or iconic to culture or whatever that aren't that good either. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like, oh, fuck, the original Star Trek isn't that great. I'm, see, I, I've literally only seen the movies, I it, think. But but the it's the ideas. Yeah, yeah. It's not always the execution. What's, like, the main series in the 90s, Star Trek, whatever one that one was? Next Generation. I tried to watch that. Maybe I was too young, but I felt it was just so slow. First two, first two seasons suck. And it was just randomly on it TV, so I didn't yeah. know the story, yeah. right? Because it's just randomly on Fox TV at... Three o'clock when I got out of school, and so I try, but it just felt so slow. And I was fourteen, and probably my ADD's gotten worse, so maybe I don't have a chance ever. But uh, yeah, I don't know why I just could never get into it. But looking back, if I'd never seen Star Wars, and I saw Star Wars for the first time at third grade, mm-hmm. if I just watched it now, 
I might have the different feelings. Original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. The, that would, I saw the original original. Three, four, five. After my uh, freshman year of high school. The In summer, theater? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And I was like, what? Yeah. What is this? But I wonder if I saw it now and I'd never seen it, what my thoughts would be. Particularly if you saw the original, original version of it. Because yeah, I think I did as a kid. I might be yeah, wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was yeah. VHS either way, so it looked yeah. like shit. I still somewhere at home have a VHS of the original, original. Yeah, I have the. I think I have remastered VHS on my desk at home right now, really? which is like remastered. Like they make the lasers a little brighter. Yeah, yeah. it looks better for sure, but yeah. it's but, nothing compared to now. Like the CGI and the new ones. You people are hating on the new ones. I still like them. Fuck you. <laughs> They're not as good as the old ones. Clearly, idiots. Like that. No one's saying that. Like I'm not saying. For, I, you know what I mean? I'm not saying seven, eight, nine is as good as four, yeah. five, six. There's no way. Like you're never gonna remake that. No. But CGI is really good in these new ones. Yeah. Shit looks really good, and it's good enough for me. Again, it's good enough for my ten dollars. It's good enough for my little fanboyness. I was here for. Uh, 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 Force Awakens. Uh, I was all about Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last Jedi was huge yeah, it's disappointment. A, yeah, it's a stretch. <laughs> I'm still in though. It's yeah. a stretch. Uh, I think they'll do all right with this next one. I, I have I have faith that they're bringing it back. And then and then I have a lot of faith because again wrapping it around the original content coming out on the Disney Netflix type service. Mm. I don't know what the fuck called streaming service. Whatever you guys want to call it. Disney Plus. Sure. The yeah. I bet you the original content will be good. I have good hopes. Possibly. I have to tell you that I was disappointed in the follow up to um, uh, Unbreakable and Split. That the movie with uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. And um, what's his name from the? Um... I know them and can visualize them, but I've never <laughs> seen them. I've never seen those movies. Uh, James McAvoy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Samuel. Yeah. I like Samuel a lot, man. It just wasn't as good as the first one. The yeah. first one was... The first one, is Unbreakable is probably the best superhero movie ever. A lot of because people it's that. Because it starts off as a low-key low not superhero movie. Yeah, and yeah. It, and it ends up there. Especially probably when it came out, uh, previews were like actually previews. We're like, I remember even like as a teenager, we started like notice like they just showed the best parts they of the movie. They showed the best parts of the where movie. Where they used yeah. to, I feel like not. They would actually yeah. tease you pretty good, and so you may have gone into it not knowing what it was. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where like you, you know exactly what you're getting out of every movie right now. Yeah, for sure. If uh, any of you are just total movie nerds, I want to really recommend a podcast called uh, The Rewatchables from The Ringer. Which uh, you know, Bill Simmons yeah, yeah. Uh, network. Uh, they take the. It's movies that when they come on TV, you have to sit down, yeah, yeah. And, and watch them regardless like, of, of when it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's Rare. it's all those movies. There's a uh, today a new Joker uh, trailer dropped. One, I saw that. Speaking yeah. of this, I don't want to watch it because I, I want to like be surprised a little bit. And it doesn't so, like, really reveal very much. But even so, I like I don't even want to hear him talk. Oh, I you know what I mean? That. Like, I just want to actually that. be yeah. like, that's how I felt with the Dark Knight, even though it's maybe just a lack of memory. But I feel like I went into that not knowing. That was the, that was another like on my on my all time list. Yeah, of, so good. Superhero. Movies. I liked all three of them really. Uh, Batman Begins. I liked all those. Begins was good. I didn't like the last one. Yeah, some uh, some people loved the last one too. Some I people. Are, I I don't know why I liked all three. Uh, maybe maybe my favorite superhero movies ever. Those three. Really? Maybe. I I'm just I'm not a fan of and I'm not a Batman guy either. Yeah, I'm a Batman guy. Um, although I don't have a Batman tattoo yet, I have the Superman tattoo. Uh, Marion Cotillard, Co- Co- whatever her name is, she oh Bane's owner. Yeah, and she's in um, God damn it, what's the name of that movie? Uh, 
another Nolan directed movie. Uh, oh, Inception. Inception. She's yeah. probably better in Inception. I actually I, didn't think she was that good in that. I just don't one. think she's a very good actress. Yeah, Everybody right. is very much in love with her, and I don't think she's that good. And I yeah, think, I think that, okay. that that sometimes the casting is what really kills for sure stuff. You get somebody in a role, and and maybe they came as a package with another actor or, or, or actress or, or something, or the director has a connection. Right, yeah, the like, director has a connection because that happens everywhere. Like yeah. the same director is always working with the same ten artists. Or yeah, the same well, actors. yeah. Well, what's his name? Um, Oh my god, he's ma- married to a uh, uh, comedy guy? No. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? He remade Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I don't uh, even know who that was. Burton. Oh, Burton. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's married to uh, Bellatrix Lestrange he's, from the oh, Harry really? Potter series. Yeah. I didn't know that. And so she is in all of his movies. He's coming out with something. I forgot what it was. It's something kind of like that where, fuck, I just saw the premiere. Or the preview, where it's like uh, it's something like Willy Wonka, and then he makes it a little dark. Yeah, I don't know uh, what that one. Was, oh, but. he's doing Dumbo, I think. Oh no, it came out. It yeah, yeah, it he out. did Dumbo, right? He came out. It's got kind of mixed reviews. Yeah, I don't know if she's in the movie, but I I'm assuming. Because I remember seeing the preview, and I was she, like, she's probably not the elephant, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I saw that. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, it's him. So like, he always puts a little darkness in there, which I don't mind. It looks good. I'm not his I'm, number one fan either. I no, I, I, no, because I that he did the the first big Batman movie. Oh, oh yeah. Like in, I want to say eighty four, not George Clooney, the one before that. No, Michael Keaton. With yeah, Michael yeah, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, I, I like the George Clooney ones with Arnold. Is it Arnold in that and shit? George, George, yeah, that was it, Batman and Robin. Batman yeah, and Robin. I like all those. Mister Freeze. Yeah, those yeah. are good enough. It, it was okay. I, I actually kind of liked uh, Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, in the one that he did, Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. one's and good I'll, too. That was my favorite Batmobile, I'll, other than the '60s Batmobile, which I have. I think I saw there. that one. I was probably a kid. I remember the, those a lot because they were huge promos with like uh, McDonald's, or they had do like big old, right. you know, like those were the big deal back then. I don't know if they do that anymore, but they certainly did then. And what really sucks is when they, when like a Burger King or a McDonald's or whatever buys way in on a franchise and they've got all the toys and all yeah, the yeah, cups yeah. and all the yeah. signage and all the shit and the movie tanks the yeah. first weekend and so you have to look at that shit every time you go to that place maybe they stop for months maybe they stop because of that I don't know I feel like it still goes on yeah I don't know I, I, I need to eat more of that food and I don't anyway we're talking about uh, superheroes a little bit here and uh, superheroes can always seem to pick up uh, be able to deadlift a car off of whatever and throw it whatever so, those motherfuckers never train no, they never do. How does <laughs> in the weight room or like karate? Yeah, like you know, like I guess uh, they just know how to do shit. The Why Batman's we're talking about. He kind of trains, right? He, he, yeah. In the Batman Begins, he yeah. has like a, a sensation. But like Spider Man doesn't know how to fight. Then gets bit by this thing, and not only can he crawl on walls, but he's all of a sudden fucking Bruce Lee. Yeah. So I heard today. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast before you got here um, called Friendly Fire, and it's about war movies. And they did uh, Predator, which is not a war movie, but has a lot of the trappings of a war movie. But they the said new that one or like the original, the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're talking about Carl Weathers, yeah. you know, played Apollo Creed, Creed in yeah. in, um, in the Rocky movies. He wanted everyone to believe that he never worked out and that all his musculature was just natural and just like you know walking around made him jacked as a human, not as, as a, a human. Yeah. So he would work out at like two o'clock in the morning. That's funny. I wonder why. I don't. He was it's jacked. not like everybody didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody on set. Like, he's really jacked, but there are some jacked guys that you're, yeah. those just don't work out. Yeah. Like, he was excessively jacked. Like, he was almost the same size as Arnold. 
Oh yeah, in a movie, you know, yeah, and like yeah. that was slightly past Arnold's prime, but not by much. Yeah, the other thing, other story that they told was uh, um, that Jesse Ventura, they played a practical joke on him that that Arnold set up, where he's he had the wardrobe people tell Jesse Ventura when they measured him for for wardrobe that his arms were bigger than Arnold's. Just to stroke his ego? Yeah, just to stroke his ego. And so he uh, bet Arnold that, like, hey, you know, let's let's compare. Let's measure. Mine are are bigger. And they bet something like a case of champagne or something like that. And, of course, Arnold's were bigger. That's pretty funny. Because Arnold fucked with him behind the scenes. That kind of stuff uh, is the kind of thing that does make me want to act. Like the shenanigans and, like, hanging out with people all day. Because there's got to be tons of downtime where you're just fucking around. I think that that's probably true. Um I I gotta tell you, I mean, I started doing comedy again yeah. and stuff like that, which is fun. But like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate going back on stage and playing a, a, a character, character. Yeah, a character, character again at some point. It's been a very, very, very long time. Maybe I'd suck at it now, but I feel like it'd be better. Anyway, deadlifts. Uh, deadlifts. Uh, are they bad for your back? I personally have never found them to be. I w- have been known to get a, a lower back pump off of them, especially when I first started. But I had to. I don't know about you. Like I had, to, I had a, a weird road with deadlifting in that um, uh, I couldn't pull conventional initially. I just couldn't get in the right position. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle to uh, because of one motor pattern and two just getting the strength to be able to flatten out your back and pull right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there's a certain level of like kind of sadly like bad form you have to go through. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had to learn to pull sumo first yeah. and then I pulled conventional and then I was I was terrible at sumo after I finally learned to pull conventional. Yeah, but then learned how to hit pinch or whatever. Yeah, but it, it never really, you know, other than just a lower back pump, I never hurt my back pulling. Never, ever, 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 ever. I think, uh, and my, over there, I've actually found this at home as a certificate that the kids framed for me. Ten years ago, like last month, I had a, a record. I <laughs> <laughs> deadlift? I, record, yeah. Yeah. I think um I think uh, we have to break it up, you know, like is it bad for you? Is it bad for your back? What does bad mean uh to begin with, right? Like nothing inherently is bad. Um but I also think that something that has some risk, uh everything we do has some risk. Right. I think deadlift has some risk, and then the more extreme you take it, that risk goes up. Mm-hmm. If, if for the average person that wants to look pretty good, Get a little bit stronger, build mm-hmm. some muscle, um, move around, be a little more athletic, or even that the, the NFL player that wants to be a little stronger to deadlift moderate weights now and again, once a week, a little bit of volume. You can get stronger doing very little stimulus, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the risk is pretty low if you have good form or a coach helping you program and a coach looking at you. If you are, you know, slightly above average athlete, which I consider myself slightly above average athlete, and you want to go from a 600-pound deadlift to a 700-pound deadlift, you're going to have to put in some real work, uh, high frequency, high volume, and now that risk is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, not every rep is going to be perfect. And even hypothetically, if I could do every single rep with perfect form, that risk is still there uh, just based on extreme external loads uh, and fatigue that builds up over the years. Um, so... I think that, uh, no, they're not bad. I think they're wonderful. And I think that majority of people have back pain because of lack of strength uh, in their stabilizers around their midsection that would benefit from squats and deadlifts, uh, getting rid of that pain, and they're just sitting down too long. Shit. Walking, everyone would say is great. 
Mm-hmm. If you walk all the goddamn time or you're freaking speed walking, like you're probably going to bust a hip at some point. Anything taken to an extreme, the risk does go up. But uh, no, I think, you know, most people, and I've talked about this before, and I think I even got some heat, but when you have like people like flex about how sh- big their erectors are, mm-hmm. like your erectors will grow and they'll definitely grow with performance enhancing drugs and they'll definitely grow from deadlifting, but they're not supposed to be where you hinge your deadlift on. You're supposed to hinge your deadlift at your hips, which is below your erectors, which is your glutes and hammies. Mm-hmm. There will be some flex in your back just because we're humans and nothing's a straight line. But when your erectors are overgrown like that, that's because you're actually hinging on your low back, which is like um, the fish hook deadlift mm-hmm. or the dog shitting on the long deadlift or just the round back cat back deadlift um, where your erectors are stabilizers. They're supposed to help breathe and brace and kind of control your spine and protect your spine. They're not supposed to be the main movers in the exercise, which are hams, glutes, quads. Um, same with your lats. Like your lats don't move during the deadlift. They're stabilizing your midsection and allowing you to hold that bar close to right. you. Um, and so I think some people never focus on getting their form better and uh it sucks because some people never get injured either so you can see these people pull big loads or or Mm -hmm. see people doing crazy feats with less than stellar form um, because they never got hurt doesn't mean that the risk doesn't go up even more Mm -hmm. um and again i'm talking about pretty extreme back flexion uh uh, pretty rounded back. There will always be some kind of flexion in your back. Again, we're not robots. We don't have a, a straight spine. We don't have a straight anything. Yeah. But uh, having a compact middle, having your stabilizers, obliques, your erectors, be stabilizers in the movement and actually using your hamstring and glutes will be the proper way to move the most amount of weight long term, allowing you to lock out better and uh, will lessen the risk. Although, again, there's always risk. There's risk crossing the street. There's risk. We had a fucking tornado warning yesterday. What? Not us, but like uh, Chico. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm driving to my mom's for dinner, and uh, you get the little radio, me, 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 oh, me. and I was yeah. like, oh, test or whatever, and then like they talk for like a half hour about a tornado's about to drop, and I was like, god damn. So, point being, there's risk everywhere we go. Yeah, yeah. Risk heightens if you're in a heightened area or more yeah. more frequent area of those risks happening. And uh, But no, I think for the majority of the world, 99% of the world, deadlifts will only make your back feel better. My question about um about deadlift and your back is, is more about timing um like when when you train it because a lot of people train squats and deadlifts on the same day yeah and is that does that have the potential to be too much and i think the answer is it probably does yeah like in a conjugate system you don't squat and deadlift heavy on the same day other systems you might there's certain sports i mean powerlifting all sports are made up by humans powerlifting is definitely made up by humans because we're using fake objects to lift fake weights <laughs> right uh I don't think it was thought out, right? I mean, it's only 30-, 40-year-old sport. It's not that old, but I don't think it was thought out to be healthiest or most longevity, right? Like, none of these sports, any sport is made to test an extreme. Mm. It's not test to made what's well-balanced and good for Mm -hmm. you, right? There's no, like, healthy nutrition test. There's no, like, um, and so I'd probably agree. I mean, there'll be, you know people out there that say you're just not doing it right if you can't squat bench and deadlift in the same day and i'll just honestly say that they're not necessary they can help a lot mm-hmm. a lot of athletes a lot of obviously powerlifters but powerlifters just get so caught up in their own brain and their own niche that you those are the only exercises on the planet mm-hmm. um, but for the general public which is 99 plus percent of the world I don't think you need to squat and deadlift in the same day. I don't think you need to squat and deadlift, although I do think they're the most efficient tools to build strength and, and fitness, in yeah. general fitness. Um, 
But I'd probably agree with you that a lot of these things weren't thought out. Like, why? Uh, I don't even know. I can't, I can't think of another example. But like helmets in football, or mm-hmm. you know, impact, or like that wasn't thought out. That's not, that's not healthy for people. All they right. thought about is how do we get these freak athletes to go score touchdowns so we get people to watch, and you know, how do we test how fast they are and how well of a ball they can catch. That's right. what powerlifters make. How can we test how strong these people are and who is the strongest? They right. didn't think about what is most recoverable or what's most optimal for them to feel good or be healthy. Yeah, I think they did list more. Um, I think that it's more of a possibility that you're going to injure yourself by pulling a hamstring or, or popping a quad or something like that versus um, versus lower back. Yeah. Well, but we're going to head over to the doctor and find out. Is, is deadlifting bad for your back? Great question. I mean, again, just this goes back to just like our last conversation with squatting. Deadlifting is not bad for your back. Deadlifting with bad technique and inappropriate loads is bad for your back. Um, if we look at how injuries occur when deadlifting, it's often because there's a lot of movement that occurs at the spine. Now, I'll preface this by saying a lot of the research that I'm basing these uh, these teachings on are from the man, Dr. Stuart McGill, the renowned spine biomechanist mm-hmm. expert. Um, and his research team has been able to show that if you take uh, the spine and you flex it, you bend it over and over and over again under load, it creates a disc bulge. It creates the mechanism by which the inner nucleus of the, uh, of the disc sort of wedges its way out through the outer parts of the disc and creates a bulge. So, um, when the, the spine is held in a very neutral position and there's a lot of compression placed on it, it's actually fairly safe. The body adapts well and is able to handle tremendous loads. But it's when it's moved over and over again with that compression, that's the mechanism by which an injury occurs. So if we apply that to a deadlift, um, we can see a, a very clear difference in how the body responds to um, a good quality deadlift where the back is held in a constant brace position. And then the back that, I mean, we've all seen across social media, the person tries to pull the bar from the ground and their back just bends like crazy off the ground. You know, what that's doing, again, it's not something that's probably going to create an automatic injury all at once. But that person that's pulling like that probably is doing deadlifts more than once. You know, it's not their first time they've ever deadlifted. Mm -hmm. What happens is that over time, there's a specific number of bends that everyone's back probably has that's individual to them. You know, that eventually is going to lead, based on the research that we have, to a back injury. You know, everyone says, well, that it's this isn't going to injure my back because I feel fine while I'm doing it. Well, mm-hmm. you may feel fine now, but, you know, five, ten years down the road, you may have an injury if you continue lifting like that. Everyone's back's a little bit different, you know. Um, this is an analogy that Dr. Stuart McGill likes to use a lot, is that if you look at branches of a tree, you get some branches that are very bendy. There's also some branches that are very thick, and if you bend them, enough times they break much easier than the thinner branch. Well, the same goes for our spines is that you have some people that can tolerate a lot more bending and that you can have some people that really don't tolerate that much more bending. But uh, if you continue to load the spine and move it with a deadlift, eventually most people eventually have sort of a set amount of bends that could create that disc bulge based on the research that we have. Now, the big thing that a lot of people get confused by is movement in moment and is a bend in the back always a moving bend or is it just a locked in bend? I mean, if we mm. look at, you know, a number of power lifters across the board, now we're talking more 
conventional style deadlift versus uh, sumo deadlift because sumo deadlift is much more upright. So you're not nearly going to have as much round. But if we look at a number of elite deadlifters, especially those that are using a conventional style pulling style, there are some that have a little bit of a round to their back at the start. Now, I will say this. Most of it is in their mid-back. Uh, it's not always in their low back, but they'll have sort of this generalized slope, uh, a little bit of a curve to their back. But as they move during the pull of the deadlift, their back does not move into more flexion, more round. Their back stays at that relatively locked in position. The movement occurs about their hips. Mm. So what that means is that they're loading their back into a little bit of flexion and they're locking it in. During the pull, there's compression, but it's creating a lot of moment, like a, a pulling torque, but it's not movement. Because remember, back to that research, it's movement in and out of flexion under load that is the mechanism that which creates a deadlift. Now, for a beginner that is going about this, I highly recommend maybe not jumping straight and being like, oh, it's okay for me to have my back rounded as long as I brace into it. Obviously, these are people that have, you know, over time adapted to the ability to handle that capacity, and they haven't just jumped to very heavy weights. They've sort of learned this over years and years and years, and their body has adapted the ability to pull with a slightly rounded back. So I guess I would look at the deadlift as far as the forces placed on the back as like a continuum. And you have the most uh, safe, I guess we will say, spine position, and that's a neutral spinal position. And it's braced, and all the movement occurs, or most of the movement occurs across the hips. And the low back is staying at a relatively constant position. So that's first best. Second best is going to be where we're having a slight round in the back. And again, most of it's probably at that uh, thoracic spine, the mid-back. But it's sort of a gentle curvature. You're not maxing out how much uh, bend you have at the spine. And you're bracing in that position. You're not allowing any movement, and you're moving, again, about the hips, keeping that position constant. And then you have the worst, which is you're starting in maybe a slightly round position or starting in a neutral position, but as soon as you pick that bar off the ground, the low back moves into more and more flexion. So that's sort of the continuum. So that's the first thing. If you're looking at someone's back during a deadlift, you have to look at is there motion, is there moment, and how much load are we lifting? And eventually, over time, if you're lifting with bad technique, you know, and you're lifting a lot of weight, you're having a lot of loads, eventually the spine can break down and that's how injury occurs. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I say. And maybe you can correct me or maybe you can fluff me up to be smarter than I think I am. <laughs> we're, if you're taking any of this serious, and, and that doesn't mean that you're going to the Olympics, but if you're training, you know, for years or, or, or at least a year uh, and you're going hard to try to make progress, uh, there is always a chance of injury regardless. Say, say hypothetically my form is mm -hmm. 100% perfect in the squat bench deadlift or the clean and jerk or the snatch. There's always a chance of injury as maybe something crazy like there's water on the ground and we slip, or even just, you know, we slightly brace not perfectly one time, or, or there's, yeah. just, there's just external load. Uh, the load's getting heavier, the volume's becoming more. As we try to get stronger, we need to add some kind of stimulus to what we're doing, and sometimes that stimulus may just be 1% off of what I could handle for that day or that month or that year. So yeah, if, even I, if I'm perfect, agree. yeah, even if I'm perfect, I may get hurt. Yeah. 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 And so what I mean, we're trying I, to do is I just take that away. That, yeah. I don't know anyone that has gone through a year of training as a competitive powerlifter or weightlifter and hasn't had something feel like it's off, an ache or pain. Mm. 
Our, our goal is that if we're able to decrease the percentage chance of having an injury by improving your movement quality, I mean, that's where it's at. We know that movement quality uh, is the highest and most important factor in sustaining not only performance, but longevity. Because the people that make it to the top and stay at the top for a long time move with amazing technique. You don't see anyone that gets to the top of the game and then stays there for years and years and moves with horrible technique. It doesn't happen. You know, do injuries happen even? Yeah. Do do injuries happen uh, even if you're using great technique? Sure. But why risk it by saying, oh, just because so-and-so on Instagram is showing a little bit of knee cave or a knee bend and they haven't gotten injury yet, that, is, that means I can probably let it, let it slide. It'll, it'll be all right. That sounds ridiculous when you say it, but that's real conversations yeah. that come up all the time, oh, yeah. you know, in arguments against me or for me or against this athlete. Oh, well, this guy lifts that way. His back's rounded. Or this guy's knees go this way. His left knee's way inside and his yeah. right knee's way outside. So it's okay with him. It's okay with me. And he deadlifted 900 that way. Like. Yeah, well, how many years did he deadlift 900, and what's he doing now? Exactly. A thing that that strikes me, too, is things like like a hitch to deadlift. Like a strongman deadlift is is very often a hitch to deadlift, and and it seems Mm -hmm. like that changes the the pressure and can sometimes, I guess, maybe change, give you a twist to the left or the right. Or, or, or you kind of curl mm-hmm. that. A lot of them kind of curl their hips underneath and do exactly, I think, what we're talking about, where their erectors are kind of taking over the actual movement um, because you're dropping your knees underneath the bar and now your back's rounded. Now you're trying to find a way to get that bar to lock out because yeah. you can't use your glutes no more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at a strong man trying to uh, lift a big stone, I mean, the same thing applies is what do they have to do? They have to round their back around the stone. But mm-hmm. if they brace their spine in that slightly rounded position, and try to get most of the motion across the hips and not from the back, you know, the, the chance of sustaining an injury long-term dramatically decreases because you're not having as much movement under load. And, and with the stone example, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, let's say Brian Shaw, let's go to an extreme to make the argument. I think his best stone mm-hmm. is something like 500, 550, which is mm-hmm. so submaximal to what his actual deadlift is, which yeah. is like a thousand. Yeah. So now you're using yeah. 50% of the load. And if your low back is braced and maybe a little rounded under 50% of the load, chances are, again, you're probably going to be okay. Exactly. We, you have to have context whenever someone's having a conversation like that because, yes, yeah, saying, well, Ed's able to lift this weight and always backs around it a little bit. But, like, well, is he doing that when he's deadlifting 900 pounds? Yeah. Because he's yeah. probably, you know, showing because the load's that much different, he's probably showing a little bit different technique. Yeah. When, uh, you know, sadly, Instagram's amazing. It gave all three of us a platform and a lot of cool things happened. And I met, I met you mm-hmm. through Instagram. We've met a lot of cool people and make, a, you know, a lot of fun and stuff. But there are, you know, athletes, doctors, powerlifters that are on. Uh, on Instagram saying, well, if you pick up a trash can, an empty trash can with a rounded back, you're going to throw a disc out. You know, Mm. those are things Mm. I have read over the last 10 years on the internet. And it just seems like, well, yeah, I mean, I I could walk outside and a raindrop could fall in my ear canal and flood my brain and I could die. (laughs) But, you know, what are Mm -hmm. the freaking chances? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all all context. I mean, you have to understand first, you know, what does research show is the mechanism by which injury to the spine occurs? And then you have to understand, all right, based on that, how much load, how much exposure am I having to that specific motion? Is, the in, is there a lot of individual variability? Because like I said, some people have a back that can tolerate a lot of bending. I mean, if you look at a gymnast, you know, they can tolerate a lot more back bending 
then we talked up before, you know, my man, JP Price, he's got a big back. Mm-hmm. That dude cannot bend his spine to, tur- you know, put his shoes on. He's just a little uh, tomato can, the whole, the whole guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's an adaptation process and natural selection as far as what sports you're naturally going to, to move and gravitate towards. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into injury mechanism and saying, well, this person is for sure going to get injured because of this specific mechanism. That's, that's a little bit of a reach. But again, you know, for, there are a lot of good things that are being shared on Instagram, too. And I think with the appropriate context and understanding that, well, we can also only share so much in a one minute video. Yeah, you know, if, if you can try to share as much as possible and get across that we're not talking always in absolutes because there's a lot of it depends then you're able to get your point across and still help a lot of people. Yeah, 100%. Instagram is great, but it's the shallowest form of all content <laughs> and human nature. It is, you know, and then, and then you can maybe go to YouTube and you go to yeah. five minutes, try to explain yeah. something, and then that's why at least Jim and I love podcasts because you can get into an hour discussion and actually explain exactly what you meant. Yeah, for the exactly. most part. I think, too, that um, somebody like a Kaler Woolham who – it, there is not a whole lot to him, but the way the muscle is packed on his body, he he's able to pull those loads without killing himself. Yeah, there's anomalies everywhere. You know, yeah. I've heard other he has people a gigantic back. Yeah, for a, the for longest a, arms. Yeah, and I've heard people discuss Michael Jordan and how he takes off from one knee or one leg. You know, jumping from the free throw lane, that his knees going inward a little bit. And we're like, well, he never ripped an ACL. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's also just freaks in this world that can do things I can't do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing is a lot of times people will use elite athletes and the way in which they move as a cop out for why they should be able to move that way and get away with it. Yeah. You know, just because so and so elite athlete that's a weightlifter in China has a little bit of knee valgus on the start of their Mm -hmm. of their squat doesn't mean you can necessarily get away with it without developing knee pain. You know, that elite athlete, that's all he does. He lives, breathes and eats weightlifting and recovery. You know, maybe he does have knee pain. How do you know? You don't know right. that person. So there's a lot that goes into it. And to, to say that just because this person's movement flaws can justify your movement flaws and you're not going to get injured, I think is a vast overgeneralization. Yeah, it's a big discussion because that, you know, let's use the same Chinese weightlifter. Uh, they may improve with, with better movement, right? But if their knees, you know, caving in, or, they may not. They may have pain. They may not. Uh, again, yeah. it's that crazy elite athlete that you said that uh, naturally ends up in that sport. Uh, maybe not in China as naturally as in America, but <laughs> they got forced into that sport or whatever it might be yeah. because that's what their body type is for or they just figured out they're really good at those things. Uh, and so there's too many factors just to compare yourself or, or to even speak on that person's part, like you said, whether they're hurt or not. Exactly, exactly. It also seems to me that people, after a certain number of, of years of lifting, they pretty much lift how they lift, and it is difficult to make or run or whatever. It's difficult to make big changes, and if they're not experiencing problems, maybe just leave them alone, you know? True. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing as well. You know, if you get, a, uh, you know, an elite weightlifter that has a little bit of knee cave and they're not having any pain right now. I mean, obviously, we know um, through experience that if someone has a lot of loaded knee cave, most of the time, you know, for speaking in generalities, that that's often the mechanism that can create a lot of pain. But let's say they're not having any pain. You know, do I want to completely take them back to square one and go, hey, here's the PVC pipe. Let's work, mm-hmm. you know, from ground ground zero and build that squat back up and make sure that it's uh, that it's not there. Uh, you know, I think that's hard to say. Yeah, you know, I, good luck I've in had... Tokyo with that PVC pipe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, that's also the risk you take, though, sometimes. You know, we, some people will call it playing with the dragon's tail. You know, if you're, com- if you're constantly sort of walking that thin line, 
where your uh, mechanics are always teetering on the edge. You know, that's a, a risk that you take as an athlete going, I know that I may develop an injury in the future because this is the way in which I do train. Mm. You know, that's something that you have to accept if that is what you're going to try to do from here on out also. So there, I, there's, again, it's, you know, both sides of a conversation, a lot of things, a lot of ways in which you could take that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, let us let people know how they can find you. Yeah, all across social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I uh, also have my podcast, Squat University, and my blog website, squatuniversity.com. If you guys want any of the in-depth information we're talking about, blog article tab at the top, I've got a ton of free content. Just try to give away as much free content as possible to, to everyone out there. Awesome, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time and being on the show, and hopefully we can uh, either connect again on podcasts or, or maybe uh, grab a squatting session in real life sometime. For sure, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I am at the Jimmy D on all the social medias. Mike is? Silent Mike, 2Ks. Uh, give us a rating and review. Check out Squat University on, on Instagram and, and iTunes, and we appreciate you guys for listening. All right, in the show, 50% facts where percent is a word. We'll see you next week. <laughs>